What's up, everyone? Good morning to another episode of Money Matters. Um, today is going to be a totally different topic, but we're always going to deal with money because money is the biggest issue we have. Now, today's episode is going to be based on legacy. And more importantly, what is it that we are passing on to our children when we pass away? So I put a post up a few days ago that said, um, if you're comfortable where you at, you as a parent, you as an adult, if you're comfortable where you at, then you are being selfish. I had several people that agreed. I had, I think, one person that didn't quite understand or agree because he was seeing it under the terms of uh, greed. And that's not what I was talking about. But the fact of the matter is this. If you are comfortable with the fact that you are in an apartment where every month one bill goes unpaid because you don't have the finances for it. You're comfortable with the job that you have that barely pays you anything and you don't want to try to move up because at least I have a job and it pays the bills. If you're comfortable being in a position where you depend solely on the government, then as far as I'm concerned, you're selfish. And now, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying don't get help from the government if you don't need it. If you need the help, by all means, take it. It's there. I, as a, as a tax-paying American, have no problem putting money towards and helping those that need the help. But you have too many people out there that choose to live off the government. To live off the system. They choose to be dependent because it's easier that way as opposed to going out and getting a job. You become comfortable. And I'm going to be totally honest. Now, it doesn't apply to all, but a lot of Puerto Ricans, and I'm Puerto Rican myself, are taught or are raised with the mentality of being dependent on the government. Now, I'm not saying that every Puerto Rican is like that. That's not what I'm saying. But 
we are coming from a family or a history where a foreign government came into our territory, our home, and limited us to whatever they are willing to give us. And this continues on to today. So, Puerto Ricans on the island are not able to develop economically. There are no Puerto Rican millionaires and billionaires on the island that have not earned their money outside of it or through some corrupt uh, alliance with the quote-unquote government of Puerto Rico or cheating and hustling somebody. But at the end of the day, we have an option to elevate. Everybody has an option to elevate. And yes, those in our communities are purposefully omitted from receiving certain information. But this this applies also to people of all races. But there's information that is omitted from us. And so we're taught to be comfortable with where we are. You know what? At least I have a job. You know what? At least I have money coming in. At least I have a home. At least I put food on the table. But why do we just stop there? Why don't we just keep pushing? And as far as I'm concerned, like I said, my own opinion, if you stop there where you are, you are selfish because you're thinking about your own comfort. Now, your children come into the picture and they grow up to do what they see. So... I don't need to go to college because my mom didn't go to college or my dad didn't go to college and they still had a job or I don't need to worry about school because I can sign up for Section 8 in housing and I'll have a place just like my mom had a place and we still had the best clothes and we still had nice things, but I won't better myself. These are the kinds of situations I'm talking about. Or you have a job, you're not dependent on the government, but you don't strive to be better. 
And your kids see that. They see how you settle. And no matter how much you may say, go to college, finish school, get an education, do this, do that, all they see is, okay, I'm only going to go as far as I can, and as soon as I feel uncomfortable, I feel pressured, I'm going to stop just where my mother and father did. Now, I ask the question, if you die today, what are your kids inheriting? Flat screen TV, 60-inch flat screen, a PS4, the iPhone 10, a pair of useless Jordans, the opportunity to work for somebody else for the rest of their lives. Is this the legacy that we are passing on to our children? Because we chose to stop where we felt comfortable. Now, does that make you greedy? The fact that you want to rise up and elevate as much as you can for you and your children? Hell no. Hell no, that doesn't make you greedy. Not at all. Elevating yourself is your duty. It's your responsibility. I watched a video recently by Grant Cordon. It was an interview with him where he said, you know, what if you were taught from a child that your goal is to be rich? Be rich. Be wealthy. That is your goal. That is your target. Aim to be that. Then the question is, well, what is rich? What is wealthy? One million dollars? Five? Ten? As far as I'm concerned, and again, this is my opinion, there's no limit to how wealthy you can become if the objective is that should something happen to me, my kids are better off when I die than when they were born. That should something happen to me, my kids won't have to struggle and slave for somebody else the way I may have had to do for 40 or 50 years of my life. Because my struggles, my advancements, my education, and I'm not talking about college, but the things that I impart to my children will leave them better off than, they are, than where I was at their age or where I was when I passed away. This is the focus of today's episode. Why are we settling for okay when there's so much more we can achieve? I don't like the phrase that says um, the sky's the limit because that's still a limit. Beyond the skies are the universe and the stars and other solar systems and our own solar system. So there's unlimited potential beyond the sky. 
there's unlimited potential wherever we put our minds. That's why Napoleon Hill, in his books, Think and Grow Rich, and the law of success. So the law of success is a the first book, which is a much larger, larger version of Think and Grow Rich. <clears throat> but in there, he says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Whatever a man thinks he can do, he can do. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read you a little poem that he has in both Think and Grow Rich and The Law of Success. Um, it's on the chapter on faith, discussing auto-suggestion, which is that whatever you say to your mind or you suggest to your mind consi consistently on a consistent basis, on and on and on, your mind begins to believe and then achieve. Now, I do want to say this. A lot of people misconstrue the idea of think and grow rich and the secret to mean, oh, as long as I think positively, then things are going to come to me. No. That's not what it means. What it actually means is that as long as you hold a certain thought in your mind, that thought will direct your actions to do things that are conducive to producing the results of your thoughts. So if you are looking to become a millionaire and that's your thought consistently, consistently, that I am a millionaire, I'm going to achieve a million dollars, I'm going to do this, instinctively, your mind is going to say, okay, what do we need to attain that goal? So maybe you wake up earlier in the day so that you have more time to put action towards attaining that goal. Maybe one day you go to a bookstore and you pick up Dean Graziosi's Millionaire Success Habits, or you pick up Grant Cordon's 10x rule, or you pick up Dane, Dale Carnegie's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, or you read The Richest Man in Babylon, or you read Think and Grow Rich, or you pick up Principles by Ray Dalio, books by successful people who can direct you towards that goal. Or you pick up a book on learning how to write code and designing your own website. Or you pick up and sign up for a course on nutrition. Or you sign up for a course on marketing. Or you decide to sign up for real estate school and start uh, as a real estate agent and work your way to a broker where you own your own office. And then maybe you eventually become a real estate investor 
and you become a millionaire through your investments in real estate. Or maybe you pick up a book on stocks, like Robert Robert Kiyosaki's Guide to Investing. Or this mentality attracts you to a certain network marketing company. Hint, hint. I put a link on the on the description. <laughs> you know, but you end up signing up for say a network marketing company that is in line with something you have a passion for or you have knowledge about and that then becomes the vehicle to you becoming a millionaire. In my company we have several people several who are millionaires. Why? Because our strategies are not based on sales or, um, you know, here's some vitamins, sell, 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 sell. Here's the face cream perfume, sell, sell, sell. No, our strategies are based on making money work for you. So when you have people who are seven who have a seven figure income and they've attained the seven figure income by learning how to bring more money to themselves and how to use that money to generate more money then they've attained a million dollars this is what i'm talking about this is what uh it means to think and grow rich this is what it means by the secret or attraction. As long as you hold a certain thought of, of where you want to be, your actions will then be geared towards that. If that desire is strong enough. Not that it's like, you know what, I failed. I'm, I'm just going to stop and be comfortable. No, I'm not going to stop and be comfortable where I'm at. Because my comfort is not the best choice for my children. So let me read this poem from Think and Grow Rich. I don't know who wrote it. Uh, but anyway, my microphone just fell. It says, if you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you think if you like to win but you think you can't it is almost certain you won't If you think you lose you're lost For out of the world we we find success begins with a fellow's will It's all in the state of mind If you think you're outclassed you are You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win the prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But sooner or late, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can. And you wonder... Why it costs so much to go to college. Why it costs so much to get an advanced degree. 
because the objective is to keep it out of the average person's hand. Now, as a disclaimer, I don't think that college is for everyone. I don't think that everyone should go to college, that it should be a requirement. And I think I spoke about that in a previous episode, that college is being packaged as a way of being successful. In order to be successful, you need college. College and success are combined, yet there are many people who are successful without college. All college really does is it teaches you how to be an employee, how to work for somebody else. They don't teach you how to build your own business. So here we go with the legacy again. Why do I want to send my children to a college that is not going to empower them? Why am I going to send my children to get an education that they won't be able to use? Now, am I saying I'm not going to send my children to do to college? No. If they want to go, they can. But college is not the be-all, end-all for my kids. I'm teaching my kids investing. I'm getting my kids into the mindset of becoming business owners. For years, I've been telling my kids... A little bit of industrial age thinking with information age thinking, which is go to school and get good grades. Go to college, get good grades, get a degree, get a good job. But use the job to finance a business. Use the job to support yourself while you're building a business on the side until such a time where your business provides you more income than that job does or ever will, and then let that job go. Don't be subject to somebody else, building somebody else's dream. Build your own. This is the legacy I'm passing on to my children. I have them thinking now What can they start a business on? What business can you start doing now that maybe you can scale up? What business can you start doing now that will put money in your pocket and give you a head start to college? What can I do as a father to make sure my kids are ahead of the game? This is why I asked, I, I made that statement that if you're comf- comfortable where you are, you are selfish because you're not thinking of the effect of your comfort to your children. What is the effect of you being comfortable where you are on your children? We talk about the school to prison funnel. Well, when do we get up and stop that? 
When do we get up and say, you know what, let me better myself so that my kids have options. And one of their options doesn't have to be selling drugs in the streets, dropping out of school, robbing and killing somebody or joining the gang. That's the legacy we need to think about. What legacy are we leaving for our children? And am I empowering that legacy or am I holding them back? This is why I'm happy that I found my econ, because this was information I had been studying for a while. I have been uh, trying to figure out a way to implement it. And this company not only furthered my education, but gave me a vehicle to implement everything that I know, to implement everything that they're teaching me. They're teaching me now stuff that I've never learned in any school, in any college, in any, anything. When you realize that we glorify the fact that the government has given us back our own money at the end of the year, that's a problem. Why am I giving you free money that you are tripling, quadrupling, and in, in, in multiples of 10, and just give me back the chump change. And we get excited about that. That's like somebody coming into your own house taking something from your house and giving it to you for your birthday or a holiday and you're happy that oh my god you gave me a present oh wow it was already yours why are we becoming comfortable with the fact that the government has taken too much of our money then multiplying it and just giving us back the little bit Think about the fact that Donald Trump is a billionaire probably on your money that you put in the bank that he borrowed from the bank and became a billionaire. Think about the fact that if you have a Chase account, a Chase savings account, and you put $10,000 in there. Chase gives you back $1 in interest every year. They pay you $1 in interest every year on the $10,000 that you have being held in a savings account in Chase. And then they charge you 12 bucks a month just to have the account. So I'm paying $12 a month, $144 a year, so that I can get back $1, and they just made $143 off of me, and just gave me back a dollar, because that's pretty much what they did. I didn't earn any real interest. 
This is the education that we lack. This is the education that we need to give our children. If you're going to put money into a bank, don't let it be money that you're depending on with your livelihood. Use the banks for emergencies. Keep a little emergency fund in the bank that you're not putting in there to earn interest or to live off of, you know, or to pass down to the next generation. That money, invest. Put that money into stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, real estate investments that your kids can inherit and still receive more, not mortgage, rent payments from the people living in those houses. Or you are able to buy a building and your kids, I give you an example as a matter of fact, since we talk about buildings. The building I live in has 35 floors. 34 of them have apartments. Each floor has eight apartments. That's 272 apartments. Now, in this building complex, there are two buildings with that amount of uh, stories and apartments. So that's, I think, is uh, 544 apartments. And in 544 apartments, the owner of this building is earning about $3,000 per apartment. Now, I had done the math before, and that's about... uh, I think a little over $800,000 per building per month. Let me do the math correctly because I don't want to lead you guys astray. But this is how we need to be thinking. And why aren't we thinking this way? 272 times 2 is 544 times $3,000 is $1.6 million per month in rent the landlord is earning on these two buildings. $1.6 million a month. That's $12 million per year. Now think about that. What legacy is he leaving his children? As long as he owns this building, they will never have to work a day in their life again. And I'm going to assume that this buildings are not the only property he owns. Why aren't we thinking about leaving a legacy like this for our children?
Why are we comfortable settling with where we are? This is the mindset that has to change in us and in our community. Now, I'm not knocking anybody by this comment, but in my neighborhood, gentrification has been forcing people that have lived in this neighborhood for decades to move out. I'll give you an example. The Upper East Side neighborhood ended at like 101st Street or 100th Street. And from there up was East Harlem. In order to get wealthy people to move up into our neighborhood, they changed the neighborhood border. So now 110th Street, the south south of 110 is now the Upper East Side. Um, yeah, and north of 110 is East Harlem. So you can literally now cross the street to what used to be part of your East Harlem neighborhood, and it's now the Upper East Side. And because of this neighborhood map being changed, you now have condominiums coming up that people in this neighborhood can't afford. And so you have people being priced out. Right across the street from me, they built the condo where somebody bought, I believe, one of the floors for $3.1 million. Now, that being used as comps raises the property value or rent prices to every other building in this neighborhood that has similar comps to that. But if we don't prepare ourselves by getting a financial education learning how money works, where to put our money so we can build our investments or buy property so that we can put up buildings or buy our own buildings and decide what we're going to charge is for rent. This is the kind of legacy we need to think about leaving for our children. This is the legacy we need to be thinking about. Not about how we look and whether we can make it to a party or if we have the best TV. Those shits are not going to do nothing for our children. They're not going to do anything for my grandchildren. What are my grandchildren going to get out of a PS4? Or pair of Jordans, which I don't even freaking buy. I am not supporting Jordan. Why are we so stuck in being comfortable where we at so that we can attempt to look like we better than we are? That's not greed. That's selfishness if you stay where you are. And you know what? I'd rather be a little bit greedy to know that my kids are set for life 
and for generation to generation than to be comfortable with nothing and then teaching my kids that, you know what, you're not worth getting anything. I don't want to apologize to my children on my deathbed and say, you know what, I had the opportunity to do better and I chose not to do it. And now that's why you are where you are. I've chose the comfort of giving the government all my money instead of taking it back and building investments that I could pass on to you. I chose to settle on a job when I had the opportunity to start a business and we didn't have, would not have to be dependent on a job. This is the kind of legacy we should be thinking about leaving our children. So I'm going to leave y'all with that or else I'll be here talking all day. But I hope that I left you with some jewels, some nuggets. Let's think about the legacy we are leaving our children. Let's do the best that we can to provide for them for their future and not be comfortable where we are. Think about that, guys. And I hope we start making the changes necessary to make that happen. I'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Thank you.